Welcome to the Sacred Feminine Power Podcast, where we explore the many facets of feminine power and why it is so important for women and for men to step into this power in our world at this time. This is Emmy from Feminine Revered, and my magical guest for today is Adriana Monique Alvarez. Adriana is the CEO of AMA, Publi AMA Publishing. She's a USA Today bestselling author and has been featured in every major publication in the world. She mentors high-level coaches, consultants, and service providers on how to start their own high-earning global impact publishing houses. And on a more personal note, I've just recently had the absolute honor and blessing to have been mentored by Adriana as well for my second co-author book, Sacred Redesign, the launch of which we are celebrating today, the auspicious date of 22nd of April, 2022. So welcome, Adriana. Thank you so much for having me. I'm so excited to be here and congratulations to you on this book already hitting bestseller lists and also your courage to share your story. Hmm. Thank you, Adriana. And it is such a blessing to have you on the podcast. And I am so very excited to be learning more about you and to really learn more about the wisdom that you share with people around the world. So thank you. Absolutely. Mm. Beautiful. Now, since my podcast is called Sacred Feminine Power, I love to start by asking my guests, what does Sacred Feminine Power mean to you personally? Mm. I have to tell you, for me personally, this is such a loaded question because I think I've spent most of my life feeling like I was a version of femininity that wasn't necessarily um, how most define it. So while on the outside, I might look like the girly girl, like, oh, yes, that's what a woman is. Um, my internal world is um, a little less of that soft, flowy type of personality. I've always been intense and focused and dedicated and sort of always looking at, like, which next mountain do I want to climb? And so I found that... Um, that has led me to this place of almost like an internal conflict of what does it mean to be in your feminine power? What does it mean to be a woman? And I think the conclusion that I'm coming to is there is such a beautiful wide spectrum. And just as one woman shows us another facet or another aspect to who we are as a whole, um, I'm learning that my part or the way the expression that I have of it is just that it's another facet. It's another piece of the puzzle. Mm. Yeah. And I can so relate to what you shared there about being the girly girl on the outside and then yet inside having a lot of the masculine energy of wanting to accomplish things, wanting to strive for results and, and be better in many ways as well. That's beautiful. Well, Adriana, I would love to hear from you if you could share a challenge that you have faced on your path that's really helped you to activate and understand at a deeper level the concept of sacred feminine power. Mm. You know, there were two main initiations for me. The first one was when I was 19 years old. I knew I wanted to move overseas. I wanted to be a volunteer and being a girl and being from a small town and a very protective family, you know, I heard that phrase over and over. Oh, you can't do that. You're a girl. 
right? And I know they meant well. They were just want they wanted to protect me. They wanted to make sure nothing bad ever happened to me, right? And so I remember sitting at my parents' kitchen table. And I was sitting at the end of the table in a bar stool and I was absolutely torn up inside because I knew they did not want me to go. They thought it was a very bad decision. It was irresponsible. It was dangerous. And I knew with everything inside of me that I was to go, that this was actually where I was going to discover who I was, right? And I was going to tap into my capacity and my potential and all of the adventure that I love. And so when I chose myself over my parents and I spent most of my 20s overseas traveling alone volunteering I accessed parts of me that I didn't even know were there I figured out I was good at things that I never would have given myself credit for and I learned what actually brings me joy so this was a huge one and then when I had my boys of course I remember Mother Mary coming to me when I was just about to go into labor with Sam. And that is when I began to work with her. And working with Mother Mary, I learned like there was this obviously very loving, nurturing aspect to her. But there's also this fierceness and this very like, it's a very clean, like, this is the word. This is the way. This is the message. And so I learned and, and have been able to play with that. Like, what does it mean to be able to be so loving and so nurturing and to care for your family and for your community? And then also when it's time, it's just like, this is my word. This is my standard. This is how it is. And there's no discussion. There's no explanation. There's no backpedaling. It's just this certainty that I've learned from Mother Mary. And so I think with both of those, obviously, they both presented a challenge. I had to believe and trust in myself. And then there was a great reward. Oh, yes, unlocking even more of me. Mm, Beautiful. I had goosebumps all over because I can relate to so much of what you said there as well. I left at the age of 20 to travel to Australia. That was thousands of miles away from where I I lived at the time, which was Finland. And um, that for me was in many ways a self-discovery trip and really establishing my sovereignty on so many levels in the world. And Mother Mary is is my main guide as well. (laughs) So I work with her, she supports me in everything that I do. So that's really lovely to hear. (laughs) I love it. Beautiful. Well, how would you say, Adriana, these challenges that you talked about, these initiations, how are they supporting you now in the work that you do and as the woman that you are now that you're on the other side of the challenge? Mm, Yes. I think there's a couple of things. I have learned that I can say yes to big things. Sometimes that's like taking on a big project or holding a big vision, but Right now, it's more that I can take on a big vision, not just in my business, but where I live. So we have taken over my grandparents' property. And at first, this idea of managing acres and orchards and bees and chickens and homeschooling and running a business that that felt like, oh, my gosh, are we trying to do like seven lives at once? 
And then I just sunk back into that space of when I was first traveling and I realized, no, the adventure, the adventure that I choose, it's never too much for me. It never overwhelms me. So there's that, that I'm realizing I can say yes to big things and it doesn't deplete me. And then the other side of it is this really, the the real archetype of, of a mama earth, like taking care of the kids, taking care of the pets, taking care of the flowers, cooking, really being so in love with my home and knowing I create the atmosphere. I set the tone, right? I bring in the beauty. I provide the food. And I think that in modern society, we have been led to believe that all of that is sort of, mm, that's old fashioned and that's sort of out of date. And that actually takes away from who you are as a woman. But I'm finding so much joy and pleasure in it. Mm, Absolutely. And I think especially in these times of transition that we are in, more and more people are realizing that we need to be so connected to Mother Earth. We need to be so rooted into that simple way of living and really listening to our inner truth more than anything else as our true north, as our compass, so that we can really create the kind of lives that look like us, that feel good to us and are really aligned to to who we are. And I think what we're really seeing at the moment is the total crumbling away of the systems and structures that so many of us have been born into and have for most of our lives really believed to be safe and supportive and therefore the good of us, isn't it? Oh, yes. Oh, yeah. It, it's absolutely true. And I, I think what you said is like we were born into it. So when you're born into something, it's really hard to have an objective view of it, right? It's just like I learned, and I'm sure you did too. When I left my hometown in my home country, it was actually only then that I could see it through a different lens. And and that's what's happening in our world right now. So much is changing, shifting. This is falling. And all of a sudden we realize, oh, I can see it in a different way. And was that really for my good? Or is that really even necessary anymore? Do I, do I value that anymore? Or have I established a new set of values? Mm, exactly. Yeah. And I think it also has a lot to do with our vibration. So as we get to our next level of frequency and vibration and evolution, certain things just no longer resonate with us. And we find ourselves kind of almost becoming ostracized or estranged from even people that we used to hang out with and people we considered friends. So it can be quite a painful process. Have you found that? Oh, I'm in the middle of it right now. And it's exactly what you said. Things that would have normally um, caught my eye or excited me or I knew I would want to participate in or people that I thought, you know, oh, this is this is the group I want to be acquainted with. This is these are the people I want to create with. And I wake up every day and I almost don't recognize myself because I find internally I'm not drawn in that direction anymore. I mean, I woke up this morning that way, like. I was presented with this opportunity that a year ago, I I would have got on here and I would have been like, I'm celebrating the most amazing thing, right? And I told my husband, I think I'm going to decline it. It just, it doesn't seem to be important or matter anymore. So yes, I can feel it every single day. 
it's literally like day by day that caterpillar is becoming the butterfly, even though none of us witness it from the outside. And yet we know we're different. Like you said, our vibration is different. And so everything is affected by that. And it does, it changes the the relationships, it changes the partnerships, it changes all of that. And because we're all in different stages of this, sometimes it will make sense to some of the people around us. And sometimes it just seems absolutely foolish and crazy. Like, I don't get it. Who are you? And that's what is hard for the, the human, the human nature, the humanity in it all is trusting, you know what, we, we are all going through this in our own way. And while they might not be able to, to get it right now, they might not be able to support me. I trust the process because right now, I don't know if you feel this way. It's such a clear knowing, even though I can't understand it. I don't know exactly how it's going to turn out. I do have such a clear knowing. I know for sure. This is what I must honor. This is who I must be. Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. And I think the past couple of years have really been this, this crucible almost of how deeply can we trust ourselves? How deeply can we trust the divine and to know at all times that we are divinely held, that the source has got our backs? To what extent do we trust that? And the more we trust, the easier it gets. That's it. it there's just, there's so much trust needed. There is, there, there is actually not possible. Like we, we got to live under, at least for me, I got to live under this illusion that I was in control. You know, like I was the general manager of the universe. Um, and, and that illusion is gone. It's just like, no, I, I absolutely know there is so much more at work. It's such a bigger thing. And so it is, it's that trust. And to the extent that we trust, right? Like you said, there's that direct correlation to them, what our experience is like. Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. To, to what extent do you feel you were guided when you started AMA publishing? Could you tell us a little bit more about that? Oh, my goodness. So when I got the idea to start that, um, I was pregnant with my third child. I was pregnant with Nina. And I it wasn't my idea. Honestly, it was like, that was never on the to-do list, right? It was never on the vision board. Um, and the universe just kept bringing me people who kept insisting I help them with their book. And I said, I don't, I don't think you get it. Like, that's not a service I provide. Like, you know, like go two doors down, maybe somebody over there can help you. And then one day it was like, oh, you know how you get like sort of the, the two by four to the forehead. And I was like, oh, right. I, okay. I get it. I'm listening. And I just heard start creating solutions, start making it easy for people's voices to be heard. And it was interesting because every single person used the same language with me. Publishing is complicated. I'm going through a lot of rejection, a lot of frustration. They don't like my voice. They want to change my words. They want to own my content. And then I understood that I needed to create a space that upheld the other end of that which is no censorship, no rejection, you know, no changing of the person's voice, no telling them what they could and couldn't do and trusting that the people who came were the people that I was so contracted to support and allow them to access their fullest level of self-expression 
and offer it, create the platform, offer it to the world and help them succeed. And so that's really what it came down to. I, I was given the assignment and I, I knew I could say yes or no, right? It, it could go on to the next person. They, they'll find someone else to do it. But one of the things that I did is I made this promise to the universe that if I was given an idea or I was given a message that I would do something with it. Mm. And so that's why I started the publishing division. Beautiful. I love that. Absolutely love that. Could, could you share a little bit more about what AMA stands for and AMA publishing stands for and what it's all about? Mm, well, first of all, you know, I don't talk about it often. I just thought of this as you said it. So first of all, the name um, was very specific and, and intentional. So yes, it's my initials. But more importantly, um, about 15 years ago, I went to see Alma, the Indian hugging mama in Santa Fe. And a friend of mine was so excited about it. And all I knew is we were going to Santa Fe. So I was in, right? So road trip, I'm there. Adventure, I'm there. And once we got there, I was like, so what's this Alma lady? Like, why is everybody standing in line? You know, what's the deal? And she said, oh, she gives free hugs. And I was like, okay, so why is everyone standing in line for a free hug? You know, I'm trying to figure this out. And she's like, she's just this most loving, beautiful soul. And you just, you just have to experience it. And I was like, okay. So I'm in line for hours, you know, buying crystals along the way, drinking chai, the whole thing. I've got the whole experience. And I remember when it was my turn, she just like pulled me in. Right. And it was this tight hug. And I was like, oh, I get it. I get it. It was that mama. It was that unconditional love. And so when it came time to name the company, I knew Alma was the name because Alma is an experience. And so is our publishing company. Sometimes you, you can look good on paper or you can have like a very, oh, this is our strategy and this is our one-liner and this is our marketing. But I think really with our publishing company, as, as, as much as I do that to the extent I can, it's really something that is meant to be experienced. And once you experience the love and support of having your story be held and shared, you are a changed person, just like I was with Alma. And so we stand for that, that there is an incredible experience and transformation that happens for each person to the extent that they're open for it. But at the end of the day that they know, we're there to help them share their message in their way. And whatever that looks like, and also to create a community because I find self-expression can be lonely and it can bring up a lot of fears. It can bring up a lot of, oh my goodness, what was I thinking? So what I found is if I could surround every author with other authors, others who are being bold and courageous, it helped bolster them so that when they got into the wobbles, they could look around and go, I'm not doing it alone. Hmm. Beautiful. I love that. And I, I certainly felt very held and loved throughout the process of writing my chapter for Sacred Redesign, the book that is being or has been launched today. And um, I realized I was quite confident writing the chapter. And I had decided in advance very consciously that I would be very vulnerable with my story and write about stuff that I hadn't really openly spoken about before. And now that we've launched, I'm going, oh, my God. What am I, what is my mom going to say? What are my aunties and uncles going to say when they read this? My dad, whom I talk about quite um, 
openly his um, tremendous love but also his mental health issues and his um, tendency to drink when he was stressed out and so on which created quite a challenging environment at home growing up and um, he passed away about six years ago and I'm thinking oh my goodness me what is he thinking right now <laughs> knowing I put all of this out but I know I know he's um, supporting me and he's um, accepted and knows that everything that I wrote is coming from a very good place and intended to support others as well. So, yeah. Yes. Mm. And, and that's what it is about right there. What you said is, you know, at some point we realize that our journey, it developed us into who we are, but there's also this universal theme. There's a gift that we can give to others. And so that's what you're allowing others to have Mm. is the gift of your wisdom and this opening the conversation maybe around topics that others are afraid to open up about, right? And so it creates this place of, well, can we look at our life as it actually was? And can we address the different things that might feel taboo, might feel forbidden so that we can heal, so that we can be everything we came here to be? Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. And and really redesign our lives according to what is important to us and what is aligned for us as well. Mm. Absolutely. Yeah. Adriana, is there anything that you would like to say about Sacred Redesign? What, what was the inspiration for it and mm. all the amazing authors that are part of it? You know, um, the name came in very clearly. I, I usually get things like that at about 3 a.m., and I, I literally woke up and I heard sacred redesign. So I grabbed my phone and I, I wrote it out. And then usually I'll get the subtitle, you know, some sort of next component to this. And the subtitle didn't come in immediately. In fact, um, I think it was a couple of weeks later. And the key part that really stood out to me was this book is meant to show people that they can create heaven on earth, like their thoughts, their choices, their intentions, it can create heaven on earth. And for me personally, this was really powerful because I was raised in church. You know, we were there 14 times a week and it gave me a lot of good foundations. But the thing that I, I remember being a very young girl and having this aha moment that every single person in this building is waiting for the day they go to heaven. Like they're not realizing that they can enjoy their life now. They're not realizing that they can create their life now. It's just sort of this hope and wait for a future moment that is good. And so I knew that this book would attract the people who are aware of their power now, those who help others discover this and harness it. And really, it's like you said, over the last two years, there has been a whole lot of shakeup. There's been a lot of redesign. And so what, what are we willing to embrace? What have we learned? What does it look like now? And while we know it's far from over, it's this continuation, it's, it's ongoing. We are far enough in to be able to go, you know, let's pause and look. Like my, my husband said this morning, He told me, I want to acknowledge how much you have grown in the last year. Because he said, I know it's kind of like our boys. We're with them every single day. And we don't realize they've gotten taller and they've gotten bigger. And then we'll see some cousin that hasn't been here for six months. They're like, wow, the boys are so big. 
And we go, oh yeah, I, I guess so, you know? And so it's also sacred redesign. This book is a moment to pause and go stand up against the wall and look around at our lives and notice where have we grown? Who are we today that we were not two or three years ago? And let's take a moment and honor that. Mm, beautiful. Well, thank you for your courage and for standing in your truth and really just being a, a trailblazer in so many ways in the world of publishing, but also in terms of leading a life that really feels and looks like you and is anything but conventional and beautiful and sacred in that unconventionality of it. So thank you. Thank you so much. Thank you for seeing it. Absolutely. Adriana, before we wrap up, is there anything else that you would like to share with our listeners? Anything that's arising for you in this moment? Mm. You know, I just have this... Um, even the emotions, it's this feeling that it's okay if it looks different than you thought it would. Mm. It's okay if you put a lot of time and energy and effort into a different version and now something else feels important. That's okay. It's part of it. Mm. So sometimes it's hard to embrace and honor the thing that didn't turn out the way we thought it would. But sometimes that is the absolute best version. Mm. Mm, beautiful. Such powerful, potent words. And again, fully aligned with the idea that there is a higher intelligence, so much wiser than we are. Who knows where we're meant to be and who we're meant to become as well. So thank you. Thank you, Adriana, for sharing your wisdom with us, with my community and for being who you are and doing what you do. I really, really appreciate you and value you and your work tremendously. So thank you. Thank you. I just want to, I want to give you a bear hug and I want to take you to the table and make you some delicious food. <laughs> Let's do that. Let's make that happen. <laughs> well, thank you, Adriana. And just for a moment, let's everybody just focus on this beautiful, beautiful, powerful energy that's been generated and activated during this interview. And imagine sending this energy to everybody and everything on our planet to truly remember that we are all one and that the more of us have the courage to step into our sacred feminine power, the more quickly our planet will also ascend and heal. Thank you so much for listening. Thank you for being here. Mm-hmm.